Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Good day. Welcome to Church Online. I've uh, entitled today's message, Coming Soon, Jesus Returns. It's going to be an old school kind of message. You might be thinking, oh, Jesus Returns, that sounds like end times. Well, it is end times, but I'm not going to really be speaking theologically about rapture and tribulation and all that type of stuff. At the end of the day, we want to look at the big picture. The big picture is that Jesus said he's coming back and that he's coming soon. And today's message is really one to remind you to keep focused on what really matters in life, to look at the big picture, to remember there's a big picture going on, to not let your guard down because there is an enemy, an enemy that is trying to destroy your eternity and your relationship with your heavenly father. That in the beginning, in the garden, there was two people and there was a devil. And the goal of that devil was to destroy humanity because we are made in the image of God and to cause sin to come into the world. And, and we have this kind of time in between where we live on the earth and humanity lives, but then the Bible tells us that Jesus will return and that those that know him and a relationship with him will live for eternity and that there'll be a new heavens and a new earth and there'll be a new holy city and that Jesus will return. But there is this cosmic battle going on today. But if we can remember the big picture that there is a story here playing out and that God wants you in this holy city, this new city, and we're not to let the enemy take us down. Don't let the enemy take you out of the race. You know, run the race to receive the prize. Don't get disqualified because of circumstances or sin or distractions or short-term pleasures. Or Don't let this life or anybody take you away from the destiny of Christ's coming that you would be there. And I've called this Coming Soon, Jesus Returns, because it's like a movie title. There was Batman Returns, Superman Returns. And with those movies and, and, and various movies, there's trailers, there's premieres, there's, there's previews. And they're designed to give us a glimpse of what the movie's about. You know, the trailer's there to entice us. to go, oh, I want to go see that movie. Oh, that's got, you know. And, and so it's to have some best bits in it so that we get excited about when it's going to happen. The producers want you to be expectant and and to go and spend your money. And uh, so too, the last two chapters of the Bible in Revelations chapter 21 and 22, where we're going to spend some time today, the producer is God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God is giving us a coming soon preview. See, these two chapters are a trailer, a preview of what's to come. At the very end of the whole Bible, the book and all the stories and everything that's in there is these couple of chapters that really are telling us what's the next step, what's, what's the sequel that's going to come, that we would get excited about, that we would live life expected because it will happen. I'm going to read um, Revelations 22, 1 to 5, and we don't spend a lot of time in church these days in the book of Revelations, but you know it's a sobering book to keep us basically in line when we look at the big picture and you know who wants to be taken out and disqualified from from living in the holy city the the eternal city with god i don't you don't but so many people get sidetracked and disqualified because of the cares of this life and short-term thinking and short-term pleasures we forget the big picture if you could read with me verse one to five then the angel showed me the river 
of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 fruits, kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will anything accused be there, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. Hopefully that's you and I. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and the night will be no more. And there will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. I mean, how cool. That's a preview, a trailer of what's to come. I'm going to break that passage up a little bit today and we're going to go through it and we'll add some um, from chapter 21 as well. But my first point is this, this trailer, this preview involves the city. With Jesus coming there involves a city. The new Jerusalem, the Bible tells us. In Revelations 21.2, if you have your Bible, go there. It says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for a husband. See, this new city, this holy city is basically a new version of the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, we had two residents, two original residents. And... Uh, In this holy city, the new city, will be billions and billions of people throughout history and the ages. See, what the devil intended for evil in the garden, God intends for good. God can change and make for good. Whatever evil the devil has brought into your world or your life to sidetrack you or to put a bump in the road or to put a detour to to left or to the right, God can redeem and turn into good and make better than what it was before see it's never too late you're never disqualified there's always room for a comeback and God can redeem anything that we see as a loss he can make it into a gain and you see the devil wanted to take Adam and Eve out humanity out in the very beginning while they were small in number while they were little while there was two of them his master plan was to bring destruction and he had the meat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and that brought sin in the world because of the sin God had to block them from the tree of life or they would live forever in sin and he didn't want that and so whenever we do something new or in small scale God wants the devil wants to take it out whether you are doing a new ministry the devil wants to take it out before it gets some runs on the board whether you still got a new business the devil wants to kind of squash that thing before it it grows or you're going to start a church, the devil wants to make it difficult so that doesn't take off the ground. So the devil's goal is to take something out in its infancy, in its early stages, in its first year, in its first six months, so you don't take root and get too strong. That's his plan, and that's what his plan was in the garden. You see, the new city is a place of shelter, protection, peace, provision, and family. It sounds like a good place to call home to me. Can you imagine the devil's Eyes, when he sees this new city full of billions of people that are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. You know, he wanted to take out it when there was two. Wait till he sees how many people and how his plans have failed. So my next point is this trailer, this preview involves a river. See, there's a river in this city and the river's origin is Jesus. In Revelations 22, 1 to 2, if you could turn there with me. It says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. See, the source of this river of life is Jesus. 
See, Jesus is, is where source of life, where power comes from is Jesus. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, there is life. There is power. And through the middle of this city is a river of life, a river that wherever it goes, life goes. And Jesus is the source of that river. In John 14, 6, this is what Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus because he is the source of life. Without Jesus, there is no life. The river of life flows through the center of the city. See, it's the lifeblood of the residents. See, the lifeblood of your life needs to be Jesus. The lifeblood of your family, your marriage needs to be Jesus. The center of your heart needs to be Jesus. The heart of this city had a river of life that flowed from the throne of the Lamb, from Jesus. See, Jesus is the Lord, the authority, the source of this city's energy. That's why on earth he needs to be the center of our heart and the center of our energy. Also says this river is bright as crystal. See, it's clean. It is, reflects the light of God. It's pure. It's clear. It gives life. There's no pollutants in it. It's, it's, it's just perfect water. And it gives life and power to those that drink of it. That partaking of that water, drinking of that water gives life. Maybe it's like a fountain of youth or you want to live forever, drink from the river of God. And right now on earth, we can drink from Jesus, drink from his source, drink from his well. See, he says in John seven thirty seven. this is Jesus speaking again. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. See, if you thirst in your spirit and your soul and your emotions, you need healing. See, we have to go to Jesus. Don't, don't go to just to a doctor. Don't just go to like some self-help book. Don't just go into some kind of psychologist or counseling. They're all great, those things. But at the center of what we do, working with all those sources and methods and equipment and aids, Jesus needs to be the source of life because the river comes from him just as the river in heaven comes from him the river of life the river of life can be on earth when we go to Jesus for our healing Jesus for our direction our guidance he's the one that can show us the way see cities without water die every city major city in the world they're generally on water they're on rivers they're on harbors for transport purposes for for clean cleaning for drinking for survival cities need water Cities need a water supply. People need a water supply. And so this city of God needs a water supply. And it goes through the center of it with the perfect, crystal clear, life-giving water, which comes through Jesus. See, without Christ in your life, you will die. Without Jesus in your heart, in the center of your city, your city of your soul has no lifeblood, has no river. Without that river, your spirit will die. You will not live for eternally. Eternity cannot be yours without Jesus. That's why Jesus is the only way because the river of life is Jesus and it needs to go through the center of your being, your body, your soul, your mind. He's the one that brings healing to broken souls and broken minds, broken spirits and broken bodies. In this preview, preview it involves a tree of life. See, the Garden Eden had a tree of life, but humanity was forbidden to go to it because they ate of the wrong tree and sin was in the world. This new city has more than just one tree. It has lots of trees of life. See, that thing that we were forbidden to go to 
in the garden is open to us because the curse of sin is broken from those in the city. You can't enter the city unless the curse of sin is broken, unless you put on new robes of righteousness that come from the blood of Jesus. It says in Revelation 22.2, Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. So there's an impression there that there's more than one tree. But then when we read Ezekiel, the prophet, he talks in a vision about the river of life. And he talks about how there's many trees lining wherever the river went and that the fruit was for life and the, the leaves were for healing. And perhaps today I put it to you that each of the leaves on each of these trees, a different leaf is for a different healing, a different disease, a different sickness, a different hurt or maybe an emotional hurt, a spiritual hurt that, that you can take of that leaf and pick the leaf that is for what you need and take it and your soul will be healed, your body healed, your mind healed. And the variety of fruits symbolizing the variety of heaven and, and, and God is not into just the sameness and oneness, but he's into color and creativity and variety and mixing things up. See what the devil meant for evil and that Adam and Eve couldn't eat of the tree of life. God turned to good and that all of humanity that have followed Jesus have access to that tree. See, the devil wanted to stop what God wanted to do for the many. God can redeem any situation. He's redeemed humanity's actions and access to the tree of life so that many of us can have many trees of life that we can access one day. And whatever situation you might be going through, you know, whatever trial or, or storm or, or whatever's facing you or your family, God can redeem it. Like I said before, it's never too late for God. Where it's a family, a child, a marriage, a, a business that's getting in trouble, a church, whatever it would be in your life, God can redeem any situation and turn it into good and bring a victory where the enemy meant for bad. See, in this city, the trees are never barren, never out of season. There's an abundance of variety. Every soul could be satisfied. Every different personality type can have its needs met through the varieties of the different fruits. See, this preview of this city involves no curse. There's no curse in this city. There's no devil. There's no evil. There are none who don't know Jesus in this city. They can't enter its gate. In Revelations 22.3, it says, no longer will there be anything accused, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants who worship him. Only the servants that worship Jesus can be in this city. And then again in Revelations 22, 15, 22, 15, it says this, outside of the city. So inside the city are the servants and worshipers of Jesus. Outside of the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the adulterers, and anyone who loves and practices falsehood. And anyone, and, and, and in other words, anyone who's deceived, anyone who's not following Jesus, anybody who's committing acts of like great sin purposefully, it talks about sexually immoral, it talks about murderers, those that worship a false God. So those people that aren't clean and have got the robe of Christ on cannot enter the city. I suspect there'll be people that once called Jesus Lord outside the city. You say, Pastor Robbie, that's a bit harsh. Well, Jesus says that um, we came to him and said, I prophesied in your name. 
I cast demons out in your name. Maybe you might say, I was a pastor in your name. I was a preacher in your name. I, I was a worship leader in your name. I was a worshiper. I was a doorkeeper in your name. And Jesus says, I never knew you. I never knew you. I think it's the most challenging scripture in the Bible, that one. Because Jesus says it's, it's not a, a one-time prayer that makes you a Christian. It might get you in the door. But a Christian is an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. You might get to a point in your life where you get hurt and disappointed and you go, mm, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to do my way. I'm going to follow my path. I'm going to look after me. Well, that's not a Christian anymore. A Christian is a follower of Jesus. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. And that's somebody who surrendered their life in obedience to not their ways, but his ways. As the heavens are above the earth, so is his ways above our ways. So a Christian is something we need to be careful of and be on guard every day of our life because so many great people and I've known so many of them they're no longer church goers or followers of Jesus because they got offended they got hurt they decided they wanted to do it how they wanted they wanted to look after themselves and their pleasures and and it's a it's me time now me time is dangerous time because that's not Jesus time and so you know I want to encourage you to to not get sidetracked because those that get sidetracked Jesus say I never knew you because You weren't in relationship with me. You weren't following my ways. And those people outside the city gate. And my prayer and heart is me and you would be both in that city together. I don't want to see anybody I care about outside that city. So in that city, no one can harm you. There's no temptation because there's no unrighteousness. There's no people that could lead you astray there. They've been barred from its gates. They can't walk through the gates. See, in this preview, city involves a city that glows with light. This is a city that's illuminated. It's lit with the glory of Jesus. See, it says in Revelations 22, 4 to 5, and they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. And there's a victory there. They will reign. See, the ones in the city are reigning. They're in governance, in authority. They are ruling with Jesus. They're in victory. There's nothing that's going to pull them down because there's no sin in there. There's no disease. There's no sickness. There's no evildoers. There's no people. They're locked out of the gates. The people aren't followers of Christ. You see, there's no darkness in there. There's no shadow of turning. There's no doubt. There's no deception. There's no double meanings. There's no two-faced people. People that say one thing with their mouth, but then their actions are very different. There's no people that are living a life that's a lie or a deception. There's no one who's even deceiving themselves with their blind spots. There is a purity of light. There is a transparency. There is a clarity. There is truth in this city. There is no lying. There's no hidden agendas. You see what is. What is will be. There's there's no fakeness or falsehood people say I'm going to do this but their actions are totally different none of that deceptive stuff is up there because the light of God does not allow it they can't enter the city see this light speaks of revelation this light speaks of illumination see when we're in that city we understand we have knowledge and wisdom that we never had before because God's revelation is there God's illumination is there there is no secrets that God keeps from us when we're in this city There is a total understanding and knowledge from the revelation of God. 
We will walk in this light forever and ever, this eternity, the Bible says. Because of the light, we'll be able to see his face clearly. We'll be his and he'll be ours. See, the king of this city, Jesus, is making a personal invitation to you. He wants every human being to be a citizen of this city. He wants you to be there. He loves you so much. See, our robes need to be washed in his blood. We need to accept him as our Lord, his sacrifice for our sins. It says in Revelations twenty-two fourteen. Remember, these are the last chapters of the Bible, of the whole book. He's, he's given us an idea what the sequel is going to be. What, this is the preview of what's going to happen. He says in 14, blessed are those who wash their robes. Blessed are those that wash their robes. You know, it's, it's not something that is um, bestowed, bestowed on everybody. It's the person who takes the robes and washes it in his blood that has salvation. Salvation is not for every human. It's for those that actually put an action to it and put faith to it and ask him into their life. There's, there's got to be a constant washing of these robes too. You can't just say, I've washed them once and I'm going to go live my life however I want. No. Those robes will come dirty again. We've got to constantly be coming back to the blood, to the cross of Christ, to be checking our hearts and testing our hearts and making sure that we're following his will and his way and not our own. It says, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life. The right to the tree of life comes from those that are wearing the robes that have been dipped in his blood. And that they may enter the city by the gate. See, without the robe, you can't enter the city. Without the washing of the blood of Jesus, you can't enter the city. You've got to have the robe on. Don't be disqualified. Don't let your robe become dirty. Keep it clean by constantly washing in the blood and the cross of Christ. What do I mean by that? I mean constantly come back to the cross, come back to the death, come back to the torture, come back to the resurrection, come back into surrendering our ways and our will to God's plan and God's will. It's easy for any of us to go off on track. None of us should think that we're exempt. No human's exempt. Don't let pride come in. Be teachable. Be humble. Keep yourself in check and accountable to others. Listen to the voice of others because any of us can go off track and lose the plot. And I've seen so many do that. The ones that stay on track are the humble with a teachable spirit. Don't let pride come because it comes before a fall. It says in Revelations twenty-two seventeen, the spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And the one who desires take the water of life without price. So there's no price. It's free. Jesus paid the price on the cross. So today, can I encourage you to come home. Come home to Jesus. Come back to the cross. Come back to the old rugged cross. Come back to the simplicity of Jesus and lay whatever is in the way at his feet. Give it over to him. It's not worth it. He invites you to drink of his water. You can only enter through the cross and the blood of Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way into the kingdom of God and into his holy city. There must be a death that life comes. There must be a death for life to come. Jesus died for the life to come for you. And for you to walk into his city, there must be a death of us, a death of self. That it's no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives in me. And I've been filtering this through a lot of messages lately. 
because I really believe God is challenging his church to no longer be about me and I and us and what I want, but what is God asking you to do and to be obedient to that, whatever that may be. To the level we're able to die to self and sacrifice to God, he's able to resurrect in his power. We can't resurrect it, only he can. See, the entire Bible, the entire book comes to a close with Revelations 22, 20 to 21, 20 and 21. This is how the whole book, the whole book, how does this whole story, the, the most read and bought book in all of human history, how does it end? It ends with this scripture. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. How does the book end? I'm coming soon. Coming soon. Jesus is coming soon is his message. Let's not forget that Jesus is coming soon. To live our life out of that posture, out of that premise, out of that possibility that no man knows the day or the hour that he's coming soon. See, when we think the master's not coming, there's so many parables. The Bible says that in these stories, they started to live their own ways and started to assume this is how it would always be and became debauched and sinful and all these kinds of things. But when we know that the master could come at any moment, we keep it on our toes, we're ready. We're, well, he could come at any second. I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm doing the right thing. See, we've just seen through this preview, this trailer in these two chapters that, that he's coming soon, he's coming home bring a glorious city with a river of life, with trees of life, where there's no curse, no evil, and he's glowing, this city is glowing with the power and the majesty of Jesus. See, this life is on earth is but a vapor, the Bible says, and this message is designed for you to think about the big picture, that Jesus is coming soon when we look at life as so short. A thousand years is like a day or an hour in God. And so life is like a vapor in the eyes of eternity. Where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? I want you and I to be with God in eternity in his amazing city. See, the decisions you make today will affect your name. They'll affect people's opinions of you. The decisions you make today will affect the things that you have today. And your steps tomorrow, the decisions you, you have today will affect your legacy, your name after you're gone, your name after you die. With your future generations, they will talk about what you did on this earth and what you did for God and your future children and grandchildren and great children, grandchildren will be dependent upon the decisions that you make today. The life you have from your life is based on the decisions that you walk out of today on this earth. Your personal eternity and where you'll be in heaven or not is based on the little steps you make every single day. Your decision today to walk with Jesus. Your decision today to not turn your back on Jesus. Your decision today to accept him into your life will determine your eternity. No one knows the hour or the day when they're going to die. You don't know what will happen after this session today or what might go down in your life. You don't know when you may be called and your body dies, just as we don't know when Christ will return. Don't disqualify yourself through disobedience or through sin or selfishness or the flesh or following just your own will. 
You know, sometimes it's not that we even commit a sin or an act. It, it could be that you're just living a life according to your will and not God's will. God, that's sin. His will, his purposes is what he wants us to follow. Jesus says he's coming soon. And he doesn't want you to miss out. He has an amazing life for you. And maybe you've lived an amazing life to this point. Maybe you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. But he's saying, hey, don't get disqualified when you're in the home stretch. Don't get disqualified when you've been through all these big battles and you've lived a full life. There's people that lose it in the midnight hour just before their time is up. And they get discouraged. Don't get discouraged when you've gone a long journey. Keep the journey going. It's always time for God and his purposes. Run over that, that finishing line, sprinting and not crawling. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for every person who hears my voice. I thank you, Lord, that you would show us the areas that maybe we are heading down that are dangerous. Maybe there's some rocks ahead that we don't know about and we can't hear. And people are warning us, but we still can't hear. We've got this blind spot. Let the lighthouse of your word shine in front of us so that we can see. Help us always to keep humble. Help our spirit to keep pure and clean and soft before you. If there's any pride in us, Father, you would show it to us that we could repent of it. If there's any areas of selfishness and greed or sin that we're heading down, Lord, just let us hear the warning and obey, Father. Help us have a contrite and broken spirit before your throne. He is humble, shall be exalted, but he is prideful, shall have great fall. I just pray, Father, for each person here today that we remember that you will return and that to live as servants expecting their master to return at any moment, that we keep our checks and our balances and our accountability right before your throne, Lord, that you would not find us wanting, but we would be good stewards of the things that you've given us, good and faithful servants, not faithless, not unfaithful, but we have been faithful servants. Where we haven't, help us repent, Father. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. There's one more prayer I'm going to pray today. And this is a prayer to put on the robe that has been washed in the blood of Jesus. It's a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart and to make him the Lord of your life. His will is that you pray this prayer. His will is that you repent. His will is that you decide to follow his way and his will over your own. The Bible says when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. You will have eternal life. You will live in this holy city, and you will live forever. You will never die. And I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. It's going to come on the screen in a moment. And if you could pray that prayer alongside me, we'll pray this together. And if that's you, you've never prayed this prayer, or you prayed it a long time ago, I want you to really mean it from your heart. Jesus, today I invite you into my heart. Please forgive me of all of my sin and give me a fresh start. Today, I make a decision to exchange my past for your future. I believe you died and rose again, and I receive your promise of eternal life. From this day forward, 
I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Congratulations that you prayed that prayer. If you prayed the prayer for the first time in a long time, that's the best decision you could ever make. Have a great week, church. Thinking of you and, and love to hear from you and be good. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.